You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Faster, More Intense for chapter one of the book of Boba Fett, uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and joining me for the book of Boba Fett uh, for this season is the illustrious Joe Hogan. How's it going, Joe? I'm all right, man. Well, better illustrious than luscious. I'm, I'm, I'm happy we're sticking with with what I know. I'm at least coming. I'm still I still have a hard time taking compliments, but at least it's uh it's, it's i'm, I'm cool you know, I'm, I'm used to it now the 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 illustrious seems especially fitting for this one because that's uh that that's one of the ways that java was described and we're kind of we're in this series we're kind of living in the shadow of java the hut um yeah, so very i figure, large i figure yeah <laughs> uh we gotta we gotta bring back the illustrious joe oh. hogan i we're doing it different this season uh, for, I guess, for this series, and and we're gonna see how it goes, and then I think probably moving forward we're gonna we're gonna do it a little differently um, than we've done in the past. I know with uh, with Frontlines, and then with Rebels and Bad Batch and Resistance, and even the Mandalorian seasons one and two. I uh, maybe actually did we have recaps in season one? I don't think we did, but we did for season two. Um, we're not going to do recaps. There's no recap for this one. I uh, we're not. There really isn't a format at all. Uh, this is just going to be a very conversational uh, chit chat about the first chapter of the book of Boba Fett, um, and uh, and and that's what Joe and I are going to do uh, for this season. Keep it keep it super cash. Um, if you guys want to, uh, hit us up on social media or, um, or, or send us an email, I, I, then, then you can definitely do, I send us an email. I don't even know if I have an email account for faster. <laughs> don't do that. Don't send us an email. Um, yeah, hit us up on social media. Twitter is probably the best, but there's also Facebook and, uh, Instagram as well. Uh, all of them are star Wars FMI. I, uh, on all those social media platforms, or you can just message me directly on Twitter at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, if you guys want to be a part of the conversation. But uh, I, but, but I didn't, I didn't give anybody the heads up on this first episode, so it's just going to be the two of us, Joe. I, we're just, I gonna, like it. We're just going to talk about the Book of Boba Fett. Um, let's start. Let's start out. Just let's just talk in general. I, uh, uh, this series, um, and maybe a little bit of sort of, uh, our, our histories with the character of Boba Fett. Um, I, how, are you, a, have you always been a Boba Fett fan? I know that you're a clone trooper fan. I, I am a clone trooper fan. I, yeah. I feel like I might have told you this little anecdote. I'll recap it quickly for anyone that might've listened to me on, 
uh, when we were doing our Bad Batch stuff. Um, I, for the longest time, thought, like, legitimately believed as as a child that Boba Fett being the most dangerous bounty hunter in the galaxy was kind of like a misunderstanding. Like, because when I was a kid, I didn't really have a lot of the comics until, you know, later on. But my exposure to him was only the films, right? It was just the three films. And Boba Fett shoots at Luke, misses, and then in Return of the Jedi, just kind of stands around and then dies. And I, in, in my head, the way I rationalized it was that, oh, Boba Fett is just this guy who maybe he went on a hunt and like accidentally got it and everybody thought he was like hmm. cooler and better than he actually was. And I didn't, I don't mean that as a slight to the character. Like that was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't rationalize why everyone was saying he was so cool. And to me, he just, he, he kind of sucked. Like, so I didn't really get it. Um, and then all the EU stuff, like I, I started to familiarize myself, you know, the comics and stuff. And like in the novels, he's like such a badass. It's just like, I don't know. Like I still, I, like I had a hard time kind of converting over from what was initially rooted into my childhood brain. So it wasn't until the second season of The Mandalorian where I was like, oh, this is the Boba Fett that everybody loves so much. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm on board now because I love Tamora Morrison and it's awesome to see him as Boba Fett and kicking Stormtrooper butt and doing all these like cool maneuvers, seismic charges and, you know, blowing up TIE fighters in space with the, the whole ruse and the finale. So like... It really wasn't until a year ago that yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm into this new Boba Fett and Tamar Morrison can do no wrong in my eyes as a human being. So cool. I'm all in. So what yeah. about you, Mike? Um, I would say I'd say pretty similar uh, trajectory, but but I'll say that when I was really young, when I first became a Star Wars fan, when I was 10, uh, Boba was one of the characters that I definitely gravitated towards. I not because of anything he ever did on screen, but just like, let's be honest, it's the armor, right? And it's cool armor, man. It's always been cool armor. And 90% of that is the helmet, right? Like that's the icon. The icon is the T visor. I, and I, I, so like that really resonated with me. That design really resonated with me as a kid. And so I was, I was a, a fan of Boba Fett, but, um, didn't really didn't really count him for much. I mean, like if you had asked me who my favorite Star Wars character was back then, I would have said at first probably Luke, and then eventually Han, um, and and then you know uh, like once the prequels started coming out, like it was certainly around Episode Two, it would become Obi Wan. So Django being tied with Obi Wan in in that story and being so integral to to his story in Attack of the Clones, I I. I really liked Django. I, mm-hmm. um, during the clone wars stuff, uh, really, really liked the Republic commando books. And, um, and so enjoyed the Mandalorian stuff by virtue of that. The, the, the bounty hunter video game with Django Fett was, was really cool, uh, which is around the same era. And, um, I, yeah, like, so I, I, en- I enjoyed a lot of that stuff. Um, but then, then eventually the Clone Wars happened, and uh, Boba shows up in the Clone Wars TV series, uh, the the CG one, and um, is 
absolutely thoroughly obnoxious like just <laughs> totally unlikable in every way by design and i'm mean, like that's it's not that's not uh, uh again like similar to you it's like i'm not slighting the character by saying that he is meant to be this twerpy kid and mm. when you do a storyline where dengar is the cooler bounty hunter than <laughs> boba fett like you know you you, you Boba Boba's sort of knocked down in my esteem and somewhere in the midst of all of that as a as a, a as as a cool guy on the internet I took the position of uh I uh, similar to what you said about about Boba sort of like well not not with like the not as like a rationalization but more so just to be a cool guy and this is this is just me I'm I'm just being honest about myself it's like it was absolutely just to be counterculture to everybody <laughs> thinking Boba Fett is cool to be like I don't think he's all that you know he he really sucks in return of the jedi and um what kind of a punk you know goes out that way but about I've said for a long time um that it's the jetpacks it's and when Din got the jetpack at the end of season one of Mandalorian, I was like, "Look, that could that this might not end well," um, <laughs> because both Boba and Jango die because of their jetpacks, mm-hmm. right? Um, Boba gets the 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 smack in the back from uh, a hapless Han Solo and ends up in the Sarlacc pit. Uh, goes out like a punk. Uh, and with Jango, the the reek uh, uh, tramples him shorts out his jetpack and then when mace is running up to him the reason why he just stands there is because his jetpack fires and nothing happens and like it just steam comes out right and they on um, that though right they, like in the theatrical cut that wasn't there the theatrical cut doesn't have that that the the <laughs> the, the shot with the reek i think is added after the fact for the for the dvd and then the and the steam and the sparks are added after the fact yeah because it was like i i you know but you hey that's george for you he's he, yeah until he walked away he was never done with those movies <laughs> even from, after from theatrical after to home done. release i would say like all right there's a grace period go ahead yeah, george do yeah. your thing um and it's and it's a good it's a good addition I think it's a smart yeah, it, addition because it, it works storytelling yeah, wise because yeah because it definitely it definitely gives a reason for why he just stands still shooting his yeah. blaster um, and he's a little bit shocked uh, at the situation so um, yeah I I I I, I was always kind of like yeah Boba's a bit of a punk he's not as cool as everybody makes him out to be and then and one of the things that really ruined that character for me and actually probably the part the place where it started was the end of the new jedi order when when the new jedi order had been running for like what like a decade uh and um and it's finally they're they're teasing like oh it's finally going to come to a close the end of the yuzen vong war and i'm like okay cool this is this is really cool i'm really invested in all of this how are the jedi going to get out of this and boba fett shows up with a new clone army and just wins because the story says that they just win. And it's like, I'm sorry, guys, the new Republic, the Imperial remnant, every force they could muster was just wiped out by the Yuuzhan Vong. When you're telling me just because it's Boba Fett and a bunch of Boba Fett's that they can show. And it's like, where did he get this? Like, none of this makes any sense. The, the clone army is such a like massively built up thing in the lore of the clone even at that time because that's pre 
TCW, right? Like that's, that's, and, right. and we get so much more of the backstory of Sifo Diaz and, and, and all of that stuff. But even before that, with the, the novels that had just come out in between episode one and two, um, or sorry, episode two and three, the, the, the Clone War stuff there, there had just been enough sort of peppered in there of like, oh, and, and even just with the movies, just between the two movies, between episode two and episode three, um, there's enough there to like be like, oh, like this was like a thing that Palpatine engineered for a decade, really. Like he was like working hard on this plan. Um even actually even before then. Because before he even finds Anakin, it's like once he finds Anakin, he puts everything into motion, right? It's like, oh, my new apprentice has arrived. The force has provided me this path. Now's the time for me to put this this whole plan into action. And he he engineers this whole thing with the clones. And then you're telling me that like Boba just shows up like he's just able to just have a clone army as a deus ex machina to end that decade long storytelling experience is it it just it always rubbed me the wrong way. And then the um, is it Fate of the Jedi, I think, is the book series that comes out right after that. Um, uh, I I mean, I think that the 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 swarm trilogy is, is immediately after it. But then after that, they do like the fate of the Jedi one. And I, I, when does legacy happen <sighs> or legacy of the jet? What, whatever the hell it was. Maybe what it's legacy of the Jedi. You might, that, that might be, side. that might be what it's called, but, okay. but there's a bunch of Boba Fett stuff in that he's on like half of the covers in that, I think nine book series. Um, and I, uh, and I was just like, this is none of this doesn't make sense. Boba is not this important of a character to like the larger galaxy, right? Like that's not how that character should work. Um all of that to say it's like I've always had hope for Mandalorians and and all that stuff. Like I got into the Mandalorian stuff because of the Republic Commando books and then obviously Rebels and the Clone Wars retconned a lot of that stuff and got rid of a lot of those characters doesn't mean that they weren't still cool characters right but um i you know like it, it was kind of like okay well you know mandalore is much bigger than the one character now he's it's much bigger than than even boba and Django together and and the clones like it's this whole other lore the dark saber all that stuff and then the mandalorian happens and it's like cool they finally managed to make boba fett cool they just had to do it by creating a completely new character mm. um and it's like, oh, this guy is actually interesting. There's depth and and I I like he's well rounded. He's not just a bounty hunter, right? Um, there's there's more going on here with this character's backstory. And then in season two, Boba shows up, and you're like, I mean, they they let's be honest, they teased it in season one, right? Um, mm. With with the Spurs, but I I at the I just watched the Marshall. Um, while I was building my my sorry, I was gonna say Slave One, Boba Fett Starship. Uh, yeah, do you oh, think we're gonna we're gonna finally know for sure next week or whatever the the flashback will be of him getting the ship back? Yeah, I think so. I I, I think that like they'll explain. Happen. I think they'll explain it. Um, I don't know if it'll be next week or if it'll be like, but it'll be at well, some point whatever. during this season for sure. Yeah. Um, but I was building the Lego set and and watching. I I wanted to rewatch all of Mando before the show, but I just didn't have time. So I watched all of season one, but then it was like, oh shoot, I haven't even started season two, and it was like the night of. I was like, I've got three hours to build this 
this let's i'm just gonna call it slave one it doesn't really matter um the slave one lego set and uh that which like let's just with that whole controversy that's the thing it doesn't matter lucasfilm's not gonna come to your house and be like you can't call it that just call it slave one who cares yeah no one's gonna stop calling it slave one who yeah yeah if they don't want calling it slave one yeah if they don't want to put slave onto product packaging for a children's toy that's fine. That's fine by me. It's not yeah. going to hurt me. Um, they also actually, I, I initially released the Razor Crest with the name Razor Crest on the box for the Lego set. And then because Razor Crest is copyrighted in like, I can't remember, somewhere in Europe, they had to change oh. it to the Mandalorians. Yeah, I, I, no, they didn't. Day. It's. It's like it's the it's Bounty Hunter Starship or something like that. Oh, and it's man. like, <laughs> and so. Okay the second round of that product when it went even in America and Canada when they when they printed the boxes they changed the name so if you have the box for uh the 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 Razor Crest from the first series of of them put it put it printing those those Lego sets that might be worth something one day but wow. uh, probably not but maybe um but they did it with they did it with Din's ship as well like it doesn't matter i uh, i think maybe they even put maybe it is Din's bounty hunter transport or something i can't remember but um but yeah so i was building that and i was like hey i've got three hours i think i can knock out you know three episodes so my plan was i was like okay i'm going to do the marshal and because how can you not because it's the best episode of the series and then i and and then i'll do uh the tragedy and um uh the believer because the believer is is my favorite episode from season two um, just because of all the stuff that happens with with Migs. But uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to knock out those three episodes. Forgetting that, like, actually, like, the first episode is a full hour, but then those other ones are only, like, like this, like, 38-ish minutes. I managed to actually watch all the way to the to the end of the season, so I really just skipped the... Um, the the frog lady so i won't, i guess i only skipped what like like two episodes mm. uh maybe three oh because i yeah three because i also i uh, i skipped the cara dune i uh, i the 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 one with the pickled snooks i i so yeah it's so, but rewatching it again i got to the tragedy and got to boba fett smacking the crap out of stormtroopers and i was like oh yeah that's right I didn't like Boba Fett until this yeah. episode. It, that literally was the turning point for me. It it's so sudden, like oh okay this is this is awesome. Yeah. I didn't know I needed this. This is pretty cool. like ninety degree angle turn, or maybe even one eighty uh, turnabout on that character for me, um, to where it was like oh wow in in thirty minutes and really in about five minutes of screen time they managed to take a character that I've kind of been making fun of for the last 15, 20 years. And all of a sudden he is now actually one of the coolest characters. Um, and, and, and I think last year when, when, when we were doing faster, more intense and talking about it, I related it a lot to what they did with Darth Maul um, over the course of sure. the clone wars and star Wars yeah. rebels, where like Darth Maul was a look and that was it. And like, Hey, Ray Park is very talented I, I, but, you know, double bladed lightsaber and visual design martial arts is not enough. It's not enough for a compelling character. Um, And I had made the arguments of like, if you had just gotten rid of Darth Maul and put Dooku 
in episode one that the prequels would be a much better story because then, you know, if Dooku killed Qui-Gon, kill, Master kills Apprentice, and then that gives Obi-Wan motivation across episode one, two, and three for why he's distracted and doesn't train Anakin properly because he's also motivated by revenge, right? Like, I, I, I'm like, oh, that would be a much better way to do it. But then along comes the Clone Wars, which is like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. That's still a part of it. It's just like... Darth Maul's not dead. That's all. <laughs> um, so you've got Dooku and you've got Darth Maul and you've got Grievous all at the same time. And uh, maybe even some of them will fight each other. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Grievous and Maul fight in one of the comics, I think. Um, uh, in the uh, uh, son of Dathomir. Son of Dathomir. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it happens off screen, but, but it does happen. I, I, and, and, and lo and behold, like, like, between that and then his turn in star Wars rebels, where it's like the war is over and I, I, you know, he becomes this other type of character. Um, Like they just, they just completely reinvent the character of Darth Maul to, to make him this, this serpent type character for Ezra. And then we get to go back to the clone wars and get that amazing, throne room speech and battle with ahsoka put it like adding him into the lore of of her story and all of a sudden it's like oh wait darth maul is integral to obi-wan's narrative which for obvious reasons because i'm such a fan of obi-wan it's like that makes that elevates that character to a higher status and then also ezra and kanan i mean he's the one who blinded kanan so he's there that my second favorite star wars character crosses paths with him and then and then elevating ahsoka's story at the end of the clone wars it's like oh yeah darth maul is now in my top five star wars characters and uh they absolutely have the ability to do the same thing with boba fett with this series and this first episode is already going like, Oh, cool. <laughs> like you guys, you, you, if, if, if there were like a leaderboard and the rankings were there, like every minute that this show ticked by Boba Fett was like climbing those ranks um, and, and like outpacing other characters that I love. Um, Cause some of the stuff that they did with his character and the development um, and this world that they've put him into, um, has just been so fantastic. I, uh, I uh, just in 38 minutes. Um, yeah, I, I, I loved the first episode from start to finish. Um, I, I, I could poke holes and I think we will in a minute, but, I, <laughs> but, I, but, but overall, I mean, like, I don't, <laughs> if I think, I think to, say that like to have a problem not to have a problem because it's like you can definitely still critique this storytelling there's still it's it does leave a little bit to be desired but but i think to um some people are out there saying like oh it's boring or whatever it's because it's not what they wanted they just want boba fett punching people in the face for 38 minutes um and using all of his gadgets and stuff like that like they just i don't i don't know what people want from it like and i think that that's my thing is like for me it's like i think to 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 be down on this show in a general sense at this point like this early on in the game is a disservice to you as a fan and then it's also just looking at gift horse in the mouth because 
Boba Boba as he existed before didn't deserve this treatment. He didn't deserve his own movie. He didn't deserve a comeback. Um Tamara Morrison certainly deserved more screen time, but we could have gotten that with Captain Rex or Cody or you know uh, in a million different ways. It didn't need to be Boba. Um but now that it is and now that we're getting to see Tem do the stuff that he's doing and actually like flex those muscles um in a very big way and to like actually give the performance that he's getting to give just in this first episode alone. It's like, I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) You know, it's like, like just (laughs) if you had told me that star Wars would be launching a new series with two main characters who are both people of color and, you know, like, like you've got Tamura Morrison uh, in, in the lead role and then Ming-Na Wen uh, as as the other lead, uh, you know, I, it, I just I would have laughed at you and been like, they're never going to do that. There's no way you don't get those characters without a white person for us to relate to. And so far, like the whole first episode, it's like, I don't know, I, I, I wanted to watch it again. I, uh, before we recorded, I've only managed to watch it once, but uh, I had to shovel snow this morning. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Awful. For Vancouverites, that's a big deal. Cause we don't, it's a, <laughs> we don't usually have to deal with this nonsense. Um, but I, 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 I mean like there are certainly white people in the show, but I think the only like person who shows up on screen that it's like, Oh, there's a white person is, I uh, is, is a, is a Twi'lek, <laughs> right? There's no, like, there's no, or I guess a couple of Twi'leks, right? Like, like there, there's no, like, just, you know, I, I Han Solo uh, or Luke Skywalker or, you know, like, like so, so many, I, I shows with diverse casts feel the need to have like Chris Pratt standing in front of everybody else as like a gateway in. So it's like, don't worry, don't worry, white people. Don't be afraid. Uh, we've, we've, we, we still have, we still have white people. We're not erasing white culture guys. Um, and it's like, actually, you know what? You can have a story with people of color without it doing any damage to, to a white person's fragility. It, it, it should be okay. Um, and we're finally getting that it's, it's, I, it just, I think that that's a really cool thing. And I think that it's worth noting and sort of being, uh, celebratory of it because I, I, Cause there's still a lot of people out there who are like in that, in that, in that last trailer, there's the, the girl on the, um, on the, the swoop bike. Um, and there are people going like, Oh, do you think that might be Omega? And it's like, well, no, because Omega is a person of color. She's not white. (laughs) She's literally Tamara Morrison. Like, no, that's not, that's definitely not Omega. And then I, I, all of the Sabine stuff for, I, I, the Ahsoka series, uh, similarly, people are like throwing out all these fan castings and it's like, you guys, Sabine is very clearly Asian in some way. Like, like, and, and there's, there's wiggle room of like, is she East Asian or is she, you know, I, I, like I, uh, I uh, South Asian or whatever. There's wiggle room there, and obviously now we have casting for it. But but uh, but the one thing she is certainly not is a white person, right? So um, yeah, I don't know. I I think that a lot of the flack that this show is going to get is actually going to be 
veiled racism um and uh and and so far what i'm seeing from a lot of it's it's either people that you're never gonna please because they were mad that luke skywalker showed up at the end of mandalorian and it's like i don't know what show you guys are watching but it was very obvious from about four episodes into season two that luke skywalker was going to show up to save the day at some point but whatever mm-hmm. um also it's star wars it's, you kind of the whole thing of like, Oh, can't we get away from the Skywalkers? And it's like, well, if you have a force user in that era, you really can't. Cause there's only the one guy. Uh, <laughs> and we, we saw Ahsoka and she said no. So there's only one alternative because they're not going to bring in Ezra. Yeah. Plo Koon. <laughs> um, but I, uh, yeah, like, like I, 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 I think there's sort of those two segments of fans right now that are, sort of poo-pooing the show but i i i you're never gonna i i don't care because you're never gonna make those people happy they're gonna yeah they're gonna find something to complain about on this show i and say that it's awful and terrible no matter what because they have um i'm just gonna go ahead and lump them together and say they have other agendas it's it's opposite ends of the spectrum right um and not to be a centrist about it i'm definitely more on the left side of the spectrum but not all the way to to the extreme that some people seem to be where it's like you can't that that person once stepped on a caterpillar they can't be in hollywood right it's like okay let's relax a little bit um but yeah anyways i really like the book of boba fett so far i really love what they've done with this character i really love the end of this episode i i like sort of the final scene um and uh, uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little in a little bit. But first, Joe, g- give me give me your overall thoughts on the first episode. I am kind of neutral. So I watched it twice because um, the first time I was not sure how I felt about it. Then I watched it again, and I'm still not sure how I feel about it. For the most part, uh, I think it's good, not great. And it's it's not because of, you know, it's 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 not what I expected it to be, because I really I went into this with no expectations. Like I, I watched the trailers and I actually really liked the trailers because they didn't show that much. And it really felt like, OK, yeah, we really have no idea where this is going to go. This all feels like really early on stuff, like maybe the first two, maybe three episodes, which is also like a pattern for Lucasfilm to do, which is great. And I love that they do that. So, you know, as someone who, you know, we talked about a little bit as someone who never really cared that much about Boba Fett until recently, I still am kind of like, all right, well, there's room to, to mess up this um, cautious optimism that I have for this character. So, you know, maybe they're not going to take it somewhere interesting, but like so far what I've seen, I really like like it's 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 cool what they did with him in Mandalorian. Um, And even in this episode, there's like a lot of really like cool uh, like character moments for him. And I I I can I I can't like gloat enough about how much I love Tamar Morrison. Uh, I think he's a fantastic actor in and out of Star Wars. Um, And I love his portrayal of this character uh and that Mm. includes this episode um it was very slow for me 
And usually that doesn't bother me. Usually, I, you know, you and I briefly spoke about this. I love character moments. I love character development. The plot doesn't always have to be moving. It doesn't always have to be action, 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 action. I love those moments between the action where, you know, you really get inside the character's head. And, you know, as the audience, you get that moment to breathe and really, you know, take everything in and just kind of, you know, show, not tell. Love that stuff. But I don't know. This this episode felt very um, pacing just felt a little weird for me. Hmm. Uh, I feel like the moment that people wanted to see for years and years and years, the Sarlacc pit, I feel like that was way too quick. Um, and I feel like being lost in the desert and, and like dealing with the Tuscans was way too long. So for me, it was kind of this imbalance of the importance of those two hmm. events like maybe spend a little less time with the Tuscans and focus more on the Sarlacc pit. That would have made me happy. But again, this is, this is all nit- nitpicking. Like it really is yeah. because I think overall, you know, nothing really deterred me to the point that I'm like, Oh, this series is going to suck. I don't care about Boba Fett. He's overrated. I knew it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not settling back into my old opinion on the character. It's It's just like, Oh, well there was, there was kind of some, misfires in my opinion like they could have done some things better i wish they did they didn't i'm not gonna lose sleep over it i'm gonna keep watching you know what i mean like because it's so early on it's so it's way too early to really make a judgment call on how the show's gonna go and for the most part i would say you know whether it's clone wars or rebels or you know the live action stuff like mandalorian or whatever like Star Wars is at its best once it's already laid laid the the plans out and then like we're going to build our way to the stuff that's going to blow your mind, right? Mm-hmm. So, I absolutely understand and respect that okay, we're we're laying in some new foundations for stuff that's going to pay off later, which is t- totally reasonable. Um, but for me, I feel like I've been kind of spoiled or maybe the fandom at large has been kind of spoiled where the first episode of Mandalorian just like blew people's faces off and it ended on that crazy cliffhanger. Holy crap. There's a baby Yoda. What? Like it was such like a crazy moment. Um, And the bad batch, that first episode, it was like over an hour long and all this crazy stuff happened. Order 66. We got Kanan, all these crazy things. And I could not wait for the next episode of bad batch. And, you know, on and on and on where this is kind of always how it's been. And then there's this, you know, first episode, Book of Boba Fett, which had a lot of, oh, neat moments. You know what I mean? Like, there were those fan service little moments. You know, we had Max Rebo. We had the Sarlacc Pit. Like, all these yeah. cool, like, oh, I know that thing moments. But, you know, none of it was really, holy crap, I can't wait for the next episode. It was all just very like, okay, here, here's here's where we're starting, guys. It's And, you know... I feel comfortable enough trusting the showrunners that, okay, this isn't going to be the, this isn't the baseline of the episode. This is just the starting point of this series. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's going to go somewhere really cool. Uh, You know what that means yet. I don't know, but at the same time, you know, on the note of that fan servicey stuff, there is part of me that really appreciates that they didn't go so crazy out of the gate in terms of the fan service, because I I feel like a lot of times um, 
so to to kind of backtrack a little, Mandalorian season two is I, I like that I prefer that season over the first season. But I do think that um there's so many cameos in season two that are just like, oh man, Bo Katan, oh man, Ahsoka, oh man, Luke Skywalker. Oh, we're bringing back all these other characters from the list. It makes the galaxy feel a little smaller when when every episode is, hey, I know that guy, and they're really important, and all of a sudden, all these really important characters are kind of, you know, central to the story that used to be about this new random guy who we were following with this random baby Yoda. But oh no, it all kind of leads back to to everybody else who we already know. And, you know, pros and cons to that, but it is something that makes things feel a little smaller. Um, like the sandbox isn't as big as we thought it was kind of thing mm-hmm. at times. Um, but, you know, I kind of appreciate that Book of Boba Fett didn't, you know, explode yeah. out of the gate like that, which is cool because, like, we're on Tatooine. We're on a place, you know, Mos Espa. We've never seen Mos Espa like this. This is actually really cool that we're we're seeing a place that we're familiar with yeah, and instead of throwing fan servicey stuff, we're world building. Like, oh, there's there's a mayor of Mas Espa. That's weird and neat. Okay, and you know we go see a, a casino. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. We learn a little bit about the you know kind of the seedy underworld and uh, yeah, you know, a tiny bit. And I'm sure we're gonna get more of that stuff. So I like that this episode uh, did some world building. Like we saw a new Tuscan Raider tribe. That's kind of neat. Like, oh, we yeah. saw some Tuscan Raider customs. We saw a new, like, weird four-armed Prince Goro creature who's, yeah. uh, I can't think of what it was. Not Flash Gordon. What was it, like, an homage to? The Harryhausen. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's yes. like a, dur- it's, I, and it's funny. I didn't notice it until somebody else on uh, uh, Twitter, I'll actually bring it up because I, I've got it. It was recent. It was this morning. This at uh, Marlon W on Twitter posted this this picture. That's like he says I couldn't resist, and it's the Ymir. I don't know what the Ymir is, but and then the Kraken from right, uh, the Kraken. Yeah. Um. Uh. 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 The name of it is they remade it. Liam Neeson, and it's the remake is awful. Um. Uh, but anyways. Titan. Yeah. 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 Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Um, And, uh, and, and then the, the, and then it's like this one plus this one equals one sweet Ray Harryhausen tribute. And I was like, the second that I saw this, I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe. Cause it's been so long since I've watched any Harryhausen stuff. Like it's just Mm -hmm. been, it's been probably 15 years since I've watched something. Uh, I was more of a film school type thing. Um, and, uh, and, and looking at it, I was just like, I can't believe that I didn't notice exactly what that was because it is a direct homage and tribute to, to, to those types of characters, like that type of stop motion, uh, uh design that Harry Housen design. Cause the second it pops out of the sand, I was like, so as I said, I will talk about that final scene, right? The second that it popped out of the sand, I was like, oh my God, like, this is like, I know exactly what the thought process was. It was like, let's do something that George would have loved to do, but never could have. Right. Mm-hmm. Like didn't have the technology to do back in the day, but now we can do it and we can do it better than it's ever been done before. Cause that thing does not look CG. It does not look practical. It looks real. Like it, <laughs> it just, it just looks like the real creature that it is almost to like an uncanny Valley 
aspect where you're like, I kind of like had to do a blink a couple of times and go like, is that like, it's, it, there's like a weirdness to it, but that's so good. And when he, like when Boba is up on it and choking the thing out and when he pulls the chain tighter and you see the flesh of the neck go in, but here's the thing. It doesn't really look like flesh so much as it looks like somebody worked really, really hard to replicate the exact same sort of texture and and um, material behavior as when Leia chokes Jabba, which we know that's just foam, right? Like it like Jabba's foam with latex over top of it and and slime and stuff. Right. And it's like the way that it sort of I, I was like, oh, my God, like the attention to detail on this is so good. And just that whole it was just so unexpected in the amidst everything else that happened in the episode, which was a little bit more what I was tuning in for the whole like crime underworld. Like, Oh, this is a mobster show. It's this is star Wars Sopranos basically. Right. Like (laughs) I, I, but then to, to have an intercut, which I wasn't expecting to get it so intercut. Um, I, but to have that be like, like this moment, like this is the thing that defines, this is how he gets in with the Tuscans. I was that whole sequence with the kid and all of that, the, like the fact that there's very little dialogue, Boba's the only one speaking basic. So it's a lot of visual storytelling. It's a lot of show don't tell. Um, and that kid, I, this might, this might be the, 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 the sticking point for me where it's like, where I'm in love with the show already. And you're not quite there is that like that Tuscan Raider kid and his dog are my favorite characters in this show. Like full stop. <laughs> Full stop. And there's a lot of really cool stuff going on in this show already in this first episode. I am in love with that duo. Like, I just think that putting us into um, that mode, especially knowing that Kenobi is in is in the future, it's coming soon. And knowing like if if they're going to pull not knowing thinking maybe if they're going to pull some of the source material from from the Kenobi book, if we sort of get to see some of this, the, the Tuscan stuff uh, with Obi-Wan, or even just the fact that it's drawing from that as source material to build the Tuscans out for people who may not have read some of those types of books. Um, Cause I really love the Kenobi book, the John Jackson Miller book that like where, you know, like we spend time with the Tuscans and we see them as people, not as monsters. Um, and, and then the Mandalorian went so far in like in the first season in the gunslinger episode, when he communicates with them and barters for passage. And then as I said, I just watched the Marshall. And when you get to that moment where the Mastiffs come out and I, 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 and and Din goes up and barks at them in in Tuscan, <laughs> and then it it like immediately changes its attitude and saunters over to mm. him, and he pets it like a dog. And then the Tuscans come out, and the, the rest of that episode plays out the way that it does. I'm just like, this is, I said it back last season for Mando. This is what the story is actually about. It's not about these these plot points of you know this this and this happen to get from A to B. It's like Din is traveling across the galaxy and everywhere he goes, everything he touches, everywhere he takes Grogu, which is what's going to make season three really interesting. Everywhere he takes Grogu, Grogu heals that place. Mm. When they come back later, it's changed, right? And so uh, when we get to see Mos Pelos again in, in Book of Boba Fett, 
We don't know that for sure, but I'm going to call it right now. There's no way we don't get Cobb, Vanth, and and Mos Pelos in, in this season. There's no way you continue this story without touching back Pel- on that. Pel- Pel- what is it? I thought it was Pelgo? Is it Pelgo? Okay, think, you might be right. What, what, what's, is it, is I said Pelos. Yeah, I don't know, that maybe. Sounds, that sounds that sounds right real also. to me, though. Yeah. That sounds like there is a Mos Pelos, but I don't... Now I can't remember where that is, like what story that was from. Most Pelos might be a real place. Most Pelgo comes up first. I might just be mixing together Most Pelgo and Peli Motto, uh, which, all right. which I think I can be excused because come on, guys. <laughs> I don't know about our, our listeners, but yeah. But I, mo- I will, most Pelgo, you're right. I, I will give you a pass on that, sir. I I'm sure that we're going to go back to most Pelgo, and we're going to uh, uh, see that like what has happened now that like like you know he's bartered peace between the Sand People and the the and the people of most Pelgo, right? Um, and I think that that influence is actually like it's already it's already started to change Boba just like by their interaction. Um, and then, and, and as I said, anywhere Grogu goes, I, I, this, this healing happens. Um, and, and I think Cobb Vanth, like, I think that there's going to be a reconciliation between those characters. Cause they're going to have similar ends. Cause Boba seems to want peace, right? Like he definitely wants his cut. Like he's definitely like, where's my tribute, but he's, but his main objective is like, no, no, we need things to be chill in order for things to be good. Right. Like, so let's make sure that the peace is maintained, that this transition of power goes smoothly. That's his whole deal. Right. Um, Are we supposed to know what his motivation behind all this is yet? Like why, you know, we, we, I mean, I guess not just because we're seeing flashbacks. So I guess we will see that like character transformation over the course of the season i guess every time he's in a back to tank taking a nap we're gonna see a yeah. flashback i assume um but like i for me right now i think another part of it that i'm kind of struggling with is i just i don't know why all of a sudden boba fett wants to be a crime boss after almost dying in the sarlacc pit to me i feel like i'm kind of surprised he doesn't want to go after han Mm. Uh, for for putting him in that position so you know maybe we'll get a reason for that at some point where you know he really does have a life-changing thing but right now i just i don't really understand the motivation so it's just kind of strange for me because like when he was following din and helping din we knew exactly why it was you know they they made the deal uh, you give me the armor, I'll make sure that the child stays uh, stays safe. Yeah, and you fulfilled that deal, and that was it. Okay, cool. That that made sense to me. That was very clear cut motivation. Um, I think it was believable because that armor meant a lot. That we've known since Attack of the Clones yeah. that armor meant a lot to Boba Fett. I think, I think that um, I mythologically speaking uh spending some time in the belly of the beast you come out different like that's that's Mm -hmm. a that's a that's a mythic trope so um i I think that that's a big part of it i think that i think the point of this first season of book of boba fett whether it's multiple seasons or not um i think that the point of of telling this story the why behind it is is absolutely getting at 
what his motivations are. And I think that it'll become more and more clear as we get through the season. I think to, to speculate right now, based on the information that we have at hand, I think that his time spent, I, I think the mistake of allying with Jabba for so long um, and, uh, and seeing how Jabba did things um, and, and, you know, like anybody, you know, I, I, everybody thinks they can do a better job than their manager. I, <laughs> I think that that's just a universal attitude. Um, I also think that once you, once you get that power, it's a lot harder to, to then, uh, do the things that you said you were going to do. And I think that that's, that's going to be one of the struggles that Boba has. And it's going to be an interesting thing to see as he says, you know, I intend Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. And then, you know, Fennec is immediately like, yeah, but fear is a lot quicker. (laughs) I, I, and I, and I think that over the course of the season, we'll probably see him struggle with that. I think setting that up in the first episode is an important thing to do of like, he clearly has a an idea of how to do this better than Jabba did it. And that I think that's motivation enough for now, like to, mm. to propel the story forward. I think I do think that as the season goes on and we see more of this backstory with the Tuscans, we're going to begin to understand where the benevolent side of Boba is coming from. It's still brutal. In a weird way. And that's the thing that I think is so fascinating right now, because I think that Boba's attitude in the present part of the story is reflected by the Tuscan chieftain in the flashbacks. That character has the demeanor that Boba has in when we see him in the Marshall, when when he's kind of just he watches uh din drive off with the with the um with the armor could he have attacked him while he was still on tatooine probably right but he tracked him and he waited until it was an opportune moment so and then and in that he was like you know at first he approaches with the the you know like what fennec and i could kill you right now um and then and then he changes tactic when he's like oh wait this 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 din guy is a lot more dangerous than i thought that he was i've i've underestimated my opponent let's try diplomacy and diplomacy mm-hmm. works and i think that you know that that's that's what we call reinforcement so i i, I think that boba is going to start to realize that like oh there there are better ways to get what i want than just fighting which is what he spent most of his life doing um and and i think that i think that he'll have learned some lessons from those tuscans about how to survive in a harsh environment without losing the things that are important. And so it's like, cause you look at the Tuscans and it's like, they're brutal. They are raiders as, as Din describes them uh, in, in the Marshall, but they do have a code. They do have honor. They can be reasoned with, they have community and that's, what's important to them. Everything that they do is in service of that community. And I think that Boba is looking at, Jabba's palace and Mos Espa and probably even like, like Mos Eisley and, and Anchorhead and sort of some of those areas and going like, he's looking at it and he's going like, I could have my own empire. Right. Cause as, as he's, he's very adamant in the Mandalorian that he is not a Mandalorian. Right. I, cause when I, I, 
when Bo-Katan says that to him, he says, you're not a Mandalorian. He goes, I never said I was. Right. And he's very like, he's very matter of fact and kind of snarky about it of like, I have no interest in your squabbling about power and Mandalore. Like it's a, you know, it's a, it's a smoking heap. Go, you guys can have it. I don't want it. Right. Mm. Um, And I think, I think one of the reasons he has that attitude is because he has his own community that he intends to, uh, I, 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 I heal. I don't know if heal is the right way to look at it, but just like, Unite. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that he sees an opportunity for a better future for the for the people of Tatooine, which which I think he's now adopted as his home. Um, and 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 yeah, like, uh, I mean, I, I, I think that that's the point of the series is for us to understand why he feels that way, um, which is what I had said on Twitter. That stuff about the Sarlacc pit and the Jawas taking his armor and stuff like that. It's all very straightforward. And I think I I can understand where some people and like you sort of voice, it's like you would have liked to have seen some more of how that happened exactly. And for me, I was kind of like, good. It's because that's not important to me. Like how he got out of the Sarlacc pit, how the Jawas took his armor and he ended up alone in the desert. None of that is important to me. It's like, why? Why did this happen to Boba? I'm right? I'm glad we got it at all, but yeah. it's it's just the thing that it's like, dude, decades, decades. We want oh, speculation. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? For Decade. sure. Like it to me, I feel like okay. If we were gonna ever really kind of okay, fan service, here you go. Like sure. this, this was the thing to do. I feel like really out of any Star Wars moment that people have speculated about yeah. in all of Star Wars history, Boba Fett surviving the Sarlacc pit is probably the number one most anticipated, if I had to take a guess. I mean, like, for for, um, for me, I guess I just have the, the perspective of, like, I what he did is exactly what I expected him to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's just it. Like, it's just, there. there's not really... There's not a lot else to, um, I don't know, like, like there's just, there's not a lot to expand upon there. He, he used his, his gear to crawl his way out, like to he, dig his way he, out. He set it on fire while he was inside of it and yeah. then didn't climb out of the mouth, climbed out of the sand. So I guess he cut his way. I don't know. I was just like. All right, fine. It happened. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, there was no it, Dengar to be found, so I was also sad about that too. Aw. Yeah. I do, I do um, like that Dengar helped him out in in the old in the, in old, the old EU. EU. Yeah. I mean, I here's here's my thing with Dengar is that now that character is tied to Simon Pegg, and Simon Pegg <laughs> made Simon Pegg got his start trashing the prequels. Mm-hmm. And then got to play Simon Pe- got to play Dengar. I that was a bit of a Freudian slip. He didn't play Dengar. All he did was just be Simon. He Pei. was Simon. Pei. Um, I'm okay with it though. It was hilarious. Yeah, I it's I like, it, it made me like Dengar more. Honestly, it's it's one of those things where it's like I really like Dengar from the Freemaker Adventures, which is a very different version of the character. I like okay. that Dengar better, but. Um, that it all it just pissed me off. It's like you you made you've made millions 
trashing these movies but then the second that you're offered the the one of the crappiest roles in the entire saga you're like oh yes absolutely allow me to lick the boot heel um and it's just like it just says a lot about who simon Pegg is as a person i i and uh yeah that's 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 all i i I don't interpret it the same way so agree to disagree i don't like spaced and that's probably the thing is that like i don't Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost went on to do a lot of much better things than that series. That series mm. felt really, um, <clears throat> I not to hang too much on one single television show, but I think that there's a certain subset of Star Wars fandom and sort of fandom in general, like geeky culture, that was emboldened by the type of rhetoric that a show like that mm. put out. It's like well, between... Cool. Between that and Red Letter Media, the way that people talked about movies, not just Star Wars, but movies in general for about, I don't know, let's say the last 20 years has been, um, uh, I guess the word would be toxic, right? And I and I look back on that stuff and I go like, you guys are kind of responsible for starting a lot of that that. Um, that discourse, that language, you know, I, I, there's that when I hear people complain about the prequels, I don't hear people complain about the prequels. I hear people quote red letter media and spaced yeah. and Simon <laughs> Pegg's rant in particular from space. So it's like, I, I, that it just rubs me the wrong way because it's the antithesis of how I approach this stuff. Um, and it, yeah, I just think that it sucks the fun out of, being a fan of something which so many people is like honest trailers and screen junkies and all of that, like the, uh, um, right. Uh, screen rant and like, like all of these things that have cropped up over the last 20 years that have created internet culture around fandom. It's like, it just, I don't know. And, and then Simon Pegg getting to just like hop back in because he's friends with people. It, yeah, it, that it rubs me the wrong way. I don't like it. Cause I don't think that he, deserves it i don't think that he's earned it but uh let him be in star trek he's fine as as scotty that's fine but um anyways dengar can uh, be lost to the sands of time as far as i'm concerned but here here's here's something that i'm gonna i'm gonna put to you okay and then i think we'll talk about the fight scene (laughs) they're making they're making a really big deal about the mayor of Mos Espa, but we are not seeing the mayor of Mos Espa and he's only being referred to as the mayor. As a matter of fact, to say he might even be a stretch. I might be, I, I, that my, my, uh, uh, institutional misogyny might be showing on that one. Um, I, I have to watch the episode again to see if they use any, uh, uh, pronouns, but, um, because uh, I think they might just say the mayor the whole time. So so me saying he might be, yeah, I might be taking a step too far. Who do you think the mayor of Mos Espa is? I think the mayor is the Athorian from the trailer. Um, mm, okay. And I think what you're getting at, uh, I think that character or organization is who the mayor answers to. Hmm. Is I I'm assuming I I am uh, I am corrected at what I think you're getting at, but uh, I will I will let you take it. No, from there. 
I honestly don't have, I'm not, I don't, I'm asking the question because I, there's so many possibilities that I don't know. Do you think that it's, I, I, I mean, the, the, I, I would say that if we're going to talk about criminal organizations, the front runners are Black Sun and Crimson. What is it? Is it Crimson? Yeah. Crimson Dawn. Um, Dawn, So last night, the, um, the, the like end theme song, which by the way is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it feels like it fits, but like, I really like it. Um, I just, I don't know if I put it with Boba Fett, but uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, that actually leaked, like an MP3 of that song leaked last night. And uh, at the end, there is a uh, kind of a musical cue of the Crimson Dawn theme from Solo. Okay. So uh, are you, you're talking about like the, the book of Boba Fett theme, the one that's over the end credits. Yeah. The, the like new, it, it didn't like, leak. Uh, they, 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 they released it. They, they, oh, okay. They, yeah. They, they released it. It's, it's on, okay, uh, cool. as a matter of fact, they released it the day before the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, and it's, it's composed by uh, Ludwig Gorenson. <laughs> Um, but there's somebody else doing this, the the score for the series, but he did the theme, which I think is really interesting because it's like he's already been elevated to John Williams status uh, mm-hmm. for Star Wars, where it's like he's like, yeah, OK, I'm not going to do this one, but I'll at least give you the theme. Um, but I, I yeah, I, I'll have to listen to that again. So you 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 heard the Crimson Dawn theme. I, I, there, I, I mean, like other listened people to have it and I was like, it. OK, yeah, I recognize this. So okay. I am very very confident that uh you know that the mayor is either not really the authorian and it's it's you know i don't know if it's kira or or whoever yeah. or the mayor is the mayor but you know answers to someone who's not gonna it's be a puppet yeah. yeah yeah exactly um yeah i kira has been in so much content lately <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i feel like it's not an accident like it's not a, it, it's like a perfect opportunity for yeah to come back. they're telegraphing it here's here's what i will say if kira shows up in the book of boba fett then han you've brought up already that han like the the rivalry between boba and han is a is a is a major plot point of the character and why isn't mm-hmm. he grumpy with han yeah. Maybe he is grumpy with Han. Maybe we're going to get to see Han Solo again. Oh, I am giving myself the tingles coming to the realization <laughs> that it is entirely within the realm of possibility that Alden Ehrenreich could play Han Solo again, opposite Tamura Morrison as Boba Fett. And I prefer that. I prefer that to de-aging Harrison I prefer that. Uh, Am now like I eat it. They don't even need to do it because I, this never occurred to me. I hadn't even got, I, (laughs) my, my heart didn't allow me to walk down this path until just now and having this conversation with you and, and having this moment in real time on the podcast, which is one of the reasons why I love doing this is like, I am so filled with joy at the potential for that to happen. That's all I need to be happy. If it does happen, I don't know what I'll do with myself because I just, I have said since solo and since solo got the bad rap that it did for some reason, it's totally unfair. Harrison 
loves Alden's performance. And if Harrison loves it, like is effusive, not just like, good job, kid. But he's like, he like, there's, there's video evidence of it. He walks in and surprises Alden and is like, I love it. And, and he's, and he's like some of the choices that you made. And he just like, he doesn't have words. He's just like, he just kind of like gives them that. And it's just like, if, if Harrison Ford loves that performance that much and, and gives his stamp of approval, there is no excuse for any star Wars fan to have any detractions for that character, to that character, to that, that interpretation of the character. And the idea that we could get to see him play, Han post return of the Jedi. Like, can you imagine if he does show up and he's got like the duster jacket? Cause you remember in the concept art for force awakens, there was a, there's a couple of versions. I hate that they didn't do it. Cause that one of the versions that they, that, that the concept artist did of him was in the blade runner duster. And it was like, come on guys, <laughs> give it to us, give it to us. Can you imagine if Alden Ehrenreich shows up with the beard and the and and the Blade Runner duster and it's like That'd and we're talking cool. like this is Han Solo like a couple of years before because where are we at in the timeline like I, I seven maybe but is has has Big been Panther. been born yet or it, we're like we're like we're flirting with that era right of like like uh, Ben Solo existing mm. so it's like so. In the, in all of the the expanded universe stuff that we've gotten, the aftermath trilogy stuff and all that, like Han has the beard, and he's a he's he's a, a he's like a starship racing coach or something, isn't he? I, <laughs> it's, sure, I love it. It's it's like what does Han Solo do when he goes legit? Um, I would love to see him get pulled back into this nonsense, and uh, and and for it to and for them to to just man. Mm. I don't know if they've got the guts to do it, but I it hope would, so, man. I, I really liked Solo. I really liked yeah, Alden. It, I, I don't think that we're gonna get Solo too, and like I, I, no, I will keep not fighting for that because I think that I, if we do, I think we could get an animated something, and we'll get those characters back to voice. Those characters, I think that they've, I think they're going in a different direction, and that's what the Lando series will be with Donald Glover. Um, but they haven't said you a lot we'll about see that him? one. Do you, uh, that we'll see Lando? I think there's a very good possibility that we'll see Lando at some point in one of these Mando series. Like in this in this era, at some point, we will see Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian post-Return of the Jedi. I, I think that that's almost like a foregone conclusion. The fact that they're continuing to work with him on other stuff, I, 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 I do think so. I don't know if it'll be in relation to Boba Fett. But it could be cool to see them on screen again because they have that great moment in Empire where it's like they have that that look. They share that look um, <laughs> to to see them side by side again could be cool. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. It It's one of those things where it's like I just don't know how the fandom would react to some of this stuff. Like I know how I would feel about it and I would be ecstatic to get Kira uh, and and Han back together again. Uh, uh, but for it to be like Han and Leia are married, <laughs> like he's a married man, so it's the the I <laughs> uh, uh, you know uh, I'm not going to tell my wife about this sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it could be fun, man. Oh. I'm so I just 
I hope I hope that that's where this is going. I hope that that Alden gets to play that character again. He just, it's just unfair. You know what? In an era where I I I I I hope I'm not gonna say directly. In an era where we have Spider-Man No Way Home, I think there's every opportunity for second chances for for people to to get to get another stab at playing characters, uh, in movies or stories that may not have been well received at the time. Um, but to no fault of theirs. Um, yeah, I solo, I feel like is just one of those things where it's like, oh man, this was so, and it's funny. So, uh, man, I just can't complete a thought. I'm having my mind is kind of racing with all this stuff. Um, solo, when they announced it, was the thing about Star Wars I was the least excited about, and then it turned Same. out to be one of my favorite things that Disney it, has done with Star Wars. It, it is my favorite Star Wars movie. Oh, wow. Full stop. It's my favorite Star Wars movie, um, which is, it was, it took me a while to like be able to say that with certainty because it sounds mm-hmm. like a really radical thing to say, <laughs> like for it to not be an original trilogy movie. But um, there's just like, I mean, my favorite EU stuff is the 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 Brian Daly Star Wars novels and those novels those three books uh Star's End Han Solo's Revenge and Lost Legacy are um they're some of my favorite Star Wars full stop like I just I I they capture the adventure and everything of of Star Wars in a way that I that I feel like is actually kind of lost um I that like now like the lore and the mythology and the and the universe is like the star wars galaxy is so big that 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 sort of like uh, making this up as we go spirit is kind of gone from star wars it's i think that might be one of the things that people connected with with the first season of mandalorian is that it kind of had that again a little bit and i feel like solo definitely captured a lot of that i think that that was intentional in the way that it was written by by lawrence kasdan and john kasdan so um like i mean like there are a lot of references directly in it to those books um, and I think they retcon a lot of it. They 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 certainly change the, those stories. They they decanonize them. But but to me, like none of that matters. It's all made up, anyways. Sorry, guys. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> I I you know, I always feel like I'm betraying Star Wars when I say that stuff. But it's, none of it is real. It doesn't matter. Enjoy the stories that you enjoy and enjoy them for the reasons that you enjoy them. And that's all you need to do. You don't have to justify mm-hmm. it to anybody. It doesn't have to come from a place of like deep film critique or any of that stuff it's like what which of these stories brings you joy and for me solo is the one is the movie that like when i watch solo it just makes me so happy uh everything about it it's such a love letter to star wars i mean like you can't you can't tell me that that movie was not made with the fans in mind when she name drops Terrace kazi like or saying boss it's like oh yeah like like oh let's just make a reference to one of the most obscure the yeah. the the only video game reference they could have made that was that's more obscure if they had been like man tell me some more of those yoda stories i uh, yeah. like that that that's the only thing that they could have done that would have been a more Super obscure bomb reference. Band racing. yeah then then masters of the terrace but um 
That game is horrible, yeah. by the way. Oh, God. It is one of the worst <laughs> video games ever Even made. at the time, it aged yeah. badly. Yeah. <laughs> it was out yeah. a day. It aged Han badly. Solo blocking lightsabers with his blaster was a sure. real choice. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways. I... <laughs> Let's uh let's let's talk about it. Let's let's talk. So we 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 chatted about this a little bit on Messenger last night, but let's talk about mm-hmm. it. Let's let's go through it. The one the one problem with this episode. I'm in I am in agreement with you on this one, but I think right. that you're more passionate about it than I am. So, I so go ahead. Sure am. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, look, man, we've done a lot of episodes of the Bad Batch together. You know yeah. I'm very just like, yeah, go with the flow. Ah, oh, whatever, you know, get it right next time fell flat this time next time will be good like i'm very with my star wars and with my fandoms in general i have an easy time seeing the good and an easy time kind of shrugging off uh what i feel does not work the action scene in moss espa is one of the worst action scenes i've ever seen in star wars and it's very simple it's because boba fett forgot he was boba fett for the entire (laughs) fight scene so Immediately, the the two of them, Fennec and Boba Fett, get surrounded by six thugs with energy shields. These punk nobody goons that have energy shields. The first thing he does is he drops his helmet instead of just dumping it out, dumping the money out that was tribute and putting it on his head. Okay, fine, whatever. It happens to the best of us. He's taken off guard, no problem. But then after that, he fires his wrist launcher in close range and an explosion in his face doesn't kill him doesn't knock him out and doesn't hurt him okay weird that's not how physics work or how star wars works we know how star wars works and we know that they bend the rules sometimes but that's not how star wars works all right whatever fine that's weird if if he didn't seconds yeah go go no if he if he didn't disintegrate a guy with that same wrist launcher yeah yes a couple minutes Correct. later, then right. then then I would be like, okay, whatever. That's how the wrist launcher works. But he does when that guy gets blown up, the smoke clears there was, and there's just a hole in the wall. There's nothing like, left of there, that. Guy. Yeah, that guy's gone. At all. There's no blood. There's <laughs> yeah. nothing. It's a scorch mark. Yeah. That's all yeah. that's there. Yeah. So just okay. Yeah. So that happens. Whatever. Thirty seconds now go by of him and Fennec getting stabbed with these electro baton things. And yeah. for 30 seconds, Boba Fett forgets that he has a jetpack and yeah. doesn't use the jetpack. He's surrounded in every direction except up and he doesn't go up when he can go up. Why did he have that jetpack in that scene? Why didn't, why wasn't there a throwaway line? Like, Oh, I'm out of fuel. I'm going to leave. I don't think I'll need the jetpack. We're going to walk. We're not going to get carried. It'll be fine. I'm not going to need the jetpack. Yeah. Whatever. Like, one line could have solved that, but no, Boba Fett doesn't use his jetpack in that scene. And I've seen, I'm seeing stuff online like, oh, well, Fennec would have been trapped alone. No, no, she wouldn't have. Because if he flew up, he would have immediately moved to, the, to like, another direction. He would have stayed directly up. He would have moved outwardly to sh- yeah. start shooting one of the guys whose back is to him. At that point, they turn to face him, and Fennec now has an opening. No, no! <laughs> No, it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. And then exactly what you said. The fact that, you know, full circle, insult to injury, 
is that when that guy's getting away, he blows him up and then doesn't use his jetpack to chase anybody. Then <laughs> Fennec has to then climb the wall and yeah. chases them down. Fennec is older than Boba Fett and has no problem catching up to these guys. So at that point, by the end of that fight scene, I was just like, I don't know if I like this show. Because yeah. like, if this is the action we're going to get, I don't, I don't know. Because I don't want to have an aneurysm every time I see a, a fight scene <laughs> if they're not thinking this kind of choreography through. And I was so like, I was so much angrier than I've ever been at Star Wars in my entire life watching that scene. I've had, there's so many <laughs> things that I haven't liked and have just been like, oh, you know, whatever, who cares? It's yeah. it's all fantasy, you know, uh, you know, writers can't foresee everything. Sometimes you just get to the set or whatever and it just doesn't work. But man, that really got under my skin, like way, way more than it ever has before and way more than it should have. Like, I realize I am a huge man baby right now, but like I had to get it off my chest. No, I mean, I, I think I think that it's a it's a reasonable reaction to a to, to some very weird choices. I know I can say with a lot of certainty, I don't know, but I can say with a lot of certainty, the reason they put Boba and Fennec into that position was to reinforce that the Gamorreans, because Fennec says earlier, I think that you're going right. to regret this decision. And it was to be like, no, actually, your instincts on this are wrong. Boba's instincts are right. Loyalty is going to be more important than fear, right? Mm -hmm. Like respect and loyalty are going to be more important. That's what's going to save the day more often than not in this story. So I think, I think that, I think that it plays an important story point. I think there are a couple of things they could have done to make this make a little bit more sense. I also think that it's easy in hindsight to watch a sequence and then be like, how come you guys didn't do this, this or, or this? I mean, I do agree with you. The not disabling or giving a reason for him to not use his jetpack right off the bat is a big mistake that he should have either not had it, like you said, or there should have, there should be some reason why he's not using it. I'm going to choose to believe that based on what the armorer says to Din in season one of the Mandalorian, which like, Hey, you need to wait until you're healed before you use this because it's very dangerous, right? You need to practice with it. I think that because Boba is still not at 100%, right? He's like, mm -hmm. he wasn't done his healing sequence in the back to tank. He definitely looks a lot better than he did. But, but I think that, I think one thing that we're supposed to understand from this story is that he has some internal stuff going on that maybe his mortality might be catching up with him. And that might be one of the things motivating some of his decisions is that he wants a legacy, not just not just, you know, the here and now, right? He's trying to figure out how, how does he leave the galaxy changed uh, uh, by his influence, right? Um, instead of just, you know, going from one job to the next. So I think I think that there's there's more going on with him physically than we know. So I think that maybe he's not using all he's not he's not at the top of his game and he's not and that and that might also be motivating him not fighting as much that he's kind of like He's trying to put on a, a, a cool exterior and it's like smacking the crap out of stormtroopers is one thing, but like trained uh, guards and assassins, like the type of guys that, that, that he's going up against in this are, are a different situation, right? Because as we know, in star Wars, 
you want the bottom of the barrel, you go to the stormtroopers, right? Mm. <laughs> it's like they're they run away in that episode. Like I I I just watched it, so it's like fresh in my memory. That like yeah yeah, Fennec, Din, and Boba kill quite a few of them before they retreat, but there are still a lot more of them than these three people. And they have better equipment, theoretically, than these three people. But at a certain point, the stormtroopers turn away and run screaming. Like, they're like, retreat, retreat! And it's like, okay, stormtroopers suck. Um, but uh, uh, but these guys, I think, are supposed to be more intimidating. And I I think that there's just that they're, they're, they could have choreographed this better. You're 100% right. But I think also that, like, it's meant to fit to fill a story purpose. And for me, like it fills the story purposes. So if the choreography is not the greatest, if the, if the action is not, it's, it's not really what I'm there for. So it doesn't really, it doesn't rub me as wrong as it rubs you. It, it was just kind of like a nuisance to me more than like something that, that really took me out of it. Um, it goes on for two, like the, the, the stuff with the electro stun sticks goes on for way too long before they turn the tables. Um, yeah. But it it's really it would have been really easy for them to just like have one of those things jam into the jetpack into the because because it's patched in the one part right and they could have really easily had it just like get jammed into that and watch or that just, like, like short it out like, yeah it's, it's like jetpack. it's like oh, oh no, and, no and for him to at the end of the episode or like later on maybe in the next episode or something like that for them to be like be like this isn't gonna this patch job isn't gonna do this thing needs to be properly repaired and then for him to hand it off to somebody and it's like okay we've gotten rid of the jetpack for the rest of the season now that's Mm. not a thing he can't launch rockets at starships and he can't just fly out of every situation because there is like an aspect of like you guys you gotta you gotta put a kryptonite chain around superman's neck or this story can't work right yeah. like he's he is boba fett and we were just reintroduced to him in one of the most badass sequences in all of star wars so if he's not going to win every fight that he's in you have to tell us why you have to explain to us why that is and it can't just be they have gungan energy shields <laughs> right it's a uh, i mean they're not gungan ones they're more like the naboo energy reactor thing but because they got that red energy to them but um I don't know. Yeah, there, there's definitely like it, it was very much like this doesn't seem like as big of a deal as it should be. And also, you guys, you really let them do that to you, didn't you? Like you didn't no. really make a move. You didn't really go anywhere or do it like they like Fennec and Boba just kind of like stand there while these guys slowly surround them with the shields. And it's but like, you know what? Here's why I was so frustrated because I, I that's how I remembered it being, and then I watched it again. Mm-hmm. Fennec tries to go above them. Mm. Fennec kind of like jumps off of the shield and like gets kind of knocked back into Boba, yeah, and like uses Boba to try to get over, and like it doesn't work. So it's like Fennec thought to do it, yeah. Why didn't Boba say, "Oh, good idea. Maybe I should try that." Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I, Bye I th- I'm hoping that as the show goes on, we're gonna get a little bit more of the "I'm getting too old for this" bleep. You know, like yeah. like that yeah. that he, you know, Boba is the Murtaugh <laughs> is in this uh, <laughs> uh, scenario. Sexy saxophone. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I will just leave Riggs out of it because Mel Gibson's a trash human being. Mm-hmm. I I but I 
I yeah I I don't know I and I, and I think one of the the other parts of this is that like much like the story of the Mandalorian like both seasons of that have been about like Din kind of going like I have a mission I have to do this and then the story very much dictating to him yes but you cannot do this alone right like you you do need a family and and Boba and Fennec are like we got this and it's like mm, no you needed those Gamorians you should have waited for <laughs> them right like you like and you're going to need more than two guards you're going to need if you guys are going to do this you got to do it properly so i think that a lot of this season will probably be them sort of like gathering allies which tends to be this that's kind it's it's kind of john favreau's mo to be honest um give me embo please and i think there's a lot of opportunity there's a lot of opportunity for characters that we've seen in the past to come back um i my one hope and dream for this is that we get to see hondo at some point <laughs> oh I, my lord I, <laughs> oh the, please i i the the fact that they put him in such a prominent position in in uh, uh in the park i i at, at galaxy's edge it's like come yeah. on guys please. just let oh. jim cummings do it just put him in the makeup oh, please so he deserves so this good. he has done so much look disney you have made billions off the back of this man let him be on screen for something please let us have this if you've listened to all of the other Star Wars podcasting I've done, even if you've just tuned into any of the other shows, it's probably not a mystery. Hondo is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. He is my favorite character created in this era, for sure. Um, like like, like from the Clone Wars uh, uh, sort of forward. It's like, I love him. I love Hondo and Akka so much. He, I, It kills me that I haven't gotten to Galaxy's Edge yet. And it's, I'm really hoping that Omicron is not a thing that, you know, mutates again and Star Wars Celebration gets canceled again. And I still don't get to even go to Disneyland. Put those words into the ether, please. I need to get to Disneyland. I need to see Hondo in person, face to face. I, I, I got to fly that Millennium Falcon. But, um, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous at this point that I haven't been there yet. I you'll get I, there. You'll yeah, get there. Don't worry. But um, okay. So Hondo. Yeah, what about, I I, what about I got. A, I I I mean, like, I think that that's another very logical choice. Um, mm-hmm. I I and you get you get whoever to go in there and and do the performance, and then you get I uh, I. Uh, uh, oh my God, his name is just falling out of Corey Burton. I think. Yeah, Corey Burton to do the Corey voice. Burton. You can't. You can't not. Um, yeah, I. I would love to see. I would love to see. Like to me, that almost feels like a season two book of Boba Fett thing. Of like, hey, we got our flashbacks to him getting out of the Sarlacc pit this season. Next season, let's get our flashbacks to Daniel Logan. Right, like, <laughs> Shooting like, Bane. and. And yeah, and like, let's let's actually like, let's do that story from the Clone Wars, which we talked about them potentially doing it in the Bad Batch, which I think they mm. still might do. But but how much cooler would it be if we got to do it in live action? And, you know, oh, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, one thing I will say about George Lucas and and I mean, it isn't just him. I can't remember who the casting director is for the prequels, but um. The casting on Daniel Logan as to, as a young Tamura Morrison, the older Daniel Logan gets, the more 
genius that casting is from a visual standpoint because he as he grows up looks more and more like tim and it's like as he gets closer to the age that tamura was when he played Django, it's like oh boy you guys got real lucky on this one because i think they're we're like kind of at the point right now where he could feasibly play i think he'd be playing boba a lot younger than he actually is but like then 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 daniel logan actually is but but i still think that like we can do it with some makeup we can do it um it's okay i think we'll allow it right (laughs) um i mean like tamura morrison i think is playing boba younger that like boba is younger in this than tamura morrison is in real life if we actually do the math um but i i i but that doesn't matter because tem's looking good in this show that back to tank i would like one thank you I uh, will it help my back? I, I, yeah, I could use it. I could, I could use a, a, a couple hours in the back to tank. Um, it, cause he's looking rough in those flashbacks and then he's looking pretty nice in the yeah. modern day. Uh, eyebrows, it, it cannot be, it cannot be overstated, uh, how important eyebrows are to the overall look of a person's face. Uh, <laughs> cause all like the eyebrows take off like 30 years. He was he was looking uh, worse for wear and quite a bit older in Mandalorian and then in this one. It was funny because they started showing stuff from Book of Boba Fett and in the promo stuff, people were like, he looks so different. It's like, well, I hope they explain this. And it's like, well, of course they're going to explain it. And some people were like, oh, it's, they're just going to sci-fi it away. And it's like, yes, it's Star Wars, you guys. There are like 16 different ways that they could sci-fi away him looking a lot younger. Um, but uh, I think the reality of it is that they were just like, do we have to do this makeup every time? Um, <laughs> let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's heal him so that we can have Tamura's pretty face uh, in the show. Um, yeah. Anyways, I think we did it. I think we talked about this episode. Is there anything else that you want to say before we closed out? Um, I don't know. I feel like I had a thought earlier, uh, but it wasn't that important. Um, I, you know what? I'll say this. If nothing else, talking to you about it and speculating about it made me more excited for the next one. It's mm. not that I wasn't like looking yeah. forward to it because I was still going to watch it, but you know, I was kind of lukewarm on it. And uh, honestly, you got me a little jazzed about the potential that uh, we could really get some cool stuff out of this series. So yeah. thank you for uh, no reinvigorating my excitement in Star Wars. That's the that's the goal with the show, right? That's the, that's, that's the most important thing. So um, yeah, no, I, 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 think, uh, I think there's a lot of potential for this story going forward. Um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen uh, over the course. How many episodes is it? Six or seven? I think um, it's seven. Yeah. I think it's seven. I, I, I'm excited for a nice tight, seven episode story um i really like what they've been doing with marvel with the with the the disney plus shows uh hawkeye was a nice tight six um i did not uh, start it yet and uh because oh, i wanted really? i wanted to binge that one so yeah i am, yeah. I am going do it, to man. Do it probably in the next week or so um yeah do it before the holidays are over because it is very much a holiday story yeah i keep hearing uh, it's, that. A, it's a christmas it's a it's a christmas marvel movie um, but, uh, yeah, like I, I, 
I like the 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 length of of both seasons of The Mandalorian. I think that they're about right, and this this is about the same. Um, and I would say that like Bad Batch was maybe even a couple episodes too long <laughs> of a season. Um, and I would I I wouldn't mind if they if they did some shorter season or broke that up a little bit more, uh, make that storytelling a little bit more succinct. But um, animation's a different thing, right? But I, I, but yeah, I, I'm excited for the next episode. I'm excited for, for everything that we talked about. Um, and maybe I'm just setting myself up for disappointment now between Hondo, <laughs> between Hondo and Alden. It's like, oh, man. you know, if I don't, I mean, if I don't get either of those things, I'm not going to be super upset, but I would really love to see Hondo. You know what though? You, you could be right. Uh, some of that stuff. I mean, I feel like Han really should be this season, but maybe next season. Yeah. Yeah um cool well that's it for this one thank you guys for listening and uh yeah we'll we'll be back next week to talk about chapter two of the book of boba fett um i'll say here now at the end i know that i i said that we were gonna do uh episodes uh we did the episode with with uh, marie claire from what the force and then and i was like oh we're gonna come back we're gonna do every four weeks and then we ended up actually doing um I, I, our Marvel stuff over on the Thunderquack podcast instead, uh, just because there's been so much Marvel stuff and we're so, we were so behind on it. So, um, but but you know we're back now. We're talking about Book of Boba Fett, so you'll have regular episodes for the next probably I mean like two months uh, about um, as as we go through this series, and then we'll see where we go from there. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's really hard to get a different guest every week. You guys don't know how, how hard that is. Like, Cause it's like, like with Joe and I, it's easy. Even when, when Kyle's in the mix for bad batch, like it's easy because we, the three of us can, can have a conversation and pick a day and go, okay, you know, like, like this, we'll make this work with our schedules. Um, but when you're bringing in a different person every week, it's like people have different schedules. They're in different time zones. They have different, yeah you know, sort of ideologies about uh, the importance of podcasting <laughs> um, and being on a show and they don't mind uh, canceling last minute, Carl. Um, Ooh, but, uh, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> no, I'll, I'm just giving Carl a hard time. I, I, the thing is, is that is that whenever Carl bails on me, which is which is uh, frequently, um, I've always got either you, Joe or, or Jason to to uh, pick up the slack for him. So it's like it's always one of those things of like, I'll make a plan with Carl and I go like, I'm probably podcasting with Joe or Jason. Um, and then when Carl does show up, it's always a pleasant surprise. <laughs> I I but go listen to Carl on the Wampa Slayer. They just did their Book of Boba Fett uh, reaction, and uh, I and and Saga continues is going to do one as well. They're going to be doing episodes about it. So go listen to them uh, with uh, I, I, Tim, Kyle, and and Paul. Um, lots of lots of great Star Wars content out there. What the Force is also doing uh, weekly reactions. So. You know, like there's there, that's one of the reasons why I was like, let's sit, we're going to do something a little bit different because everybody else is going to kind of do all the hard work. Let's just let's be the one where, <laughs> where we where you and I just talk about Boba Fett. For we're just going to have fun. Yeah. Uh, cool. Thank you guys for listening. As I said, we'll be back next week. Also, check out the Thunderquack podcast. Also, I, I go f- follow Joe's uh, Instagram and whatever so that you can tell him how amazing an artist he is. Um, ah, he, see, I thought you were going to say so you could tell him how great that fight scene was. 
and no. <laughs> yeah, do, for the next week. Do, yeah, do that too. No, I don't. I, look, hey, I don't think that you made any enemies on this episode with All that right. opinion. I think that okay. a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, it could have used some work. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it did not. That yeah, you're you're safe. Um, just go search Joe Hogan. It's Joe Hogan art, right? That's pretty much everywhere. Yeah, on everything. Yeah. Hey, do yeah. you mind if I plug something real quick? I do, but I'll let you do it anyways. Oh, you're a doll. So I know <laughs> oh, it's not Star Wars, but if you are a fan of the Aliens franchise, uh, originally Ridley Scott, but then also James Cameron came came along and did the uh, second film in 1986, uh, I was just published for the very first time in a book, and I'm very, very, very excited. Uh, I got to do a piece featuring Vasquez, one of the colonial marines, who has been one of my favorite characters from that franchise. Aliens is the first R-rated movie I've ever seen. So, like, this was a big deal for me. So, uh, it's uh, basically a kind of um, like a fan art project uh, where Printed in Blood got all of these uh, really amazing artists and then also included me for some reason uh, <laughs> and published this really, really great art book. They've done so many. They've done Firefly. Uh, they did the Ghostbusters one, which is really insane. But, like, this is the first time that I was kind of in at the ground floor and was able to submit something. And cool. uh, I was chosen to be in it. So that just came out and, and uh, I got my copy yesterday. And I'm very, very excited. And uh, the book is really amazing. Uh, a lot of really uh, amazing artists are in there. So if you are a fan of the Alien series and if you are a fan of art, uh, I implore you to consider picking up that book. It is, uh, it's just called Aliens Art Book. Art Book is one word. And it's published by uh, Printed in Blood, and it's on Amazon. So if cool. you're an Amazon Prime member or whatever, I don't know, maybe you get it in two days or whatever. I don't know. Um, that's really cool. It's basically like uh, like an officially licensed, like pro- properly published zine, right? Like that's yeah. essentially what yeah. it is. It really it's like a hard uh, like, cover. An, like an art zine. Yeah, it, it's um, like a ton of art. It's like t- almost 200 pages. Uh, that's awesome. Pretty that's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome. That's really cool i i yeah i don't i that that's uh i don't have anything else to plug just listen to my podcast. <laughs> uh cool thank you guys for listening we'll see you next week bye you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at star wars fmi If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.
faster, more intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.